it's time for another episode of Corner of the Galaxy from the Box. The show that gets you behind the scenes of the LA Galaxy and into the minds of soccer reporters and MLS experts. Your hosts for the day are Corner of the Galaxy's Josh Gessman and LA Times soccer reporter Kevin Baxter. Let's start the show. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Corner of the Galaxy from the box on cornerofthegalaxy.com. I am your host, Mr. Josh Gessman. Joining me as always, Mr. Kevin Baxter of the LA Times. Uh, we're ready and willing to give you all your LA Galaxy talk and news that has happened since the last time Kevin and I spoke. And coming to you on Monday, January 15th, approximately, not approximately, exactly one week away from the LA Galaxy opening up their preseason camp at StubHub Center. Uh, that's exciting in only 48 days until the LA Galaxy open up their very first season game of 2018. So a lot of stuff is starting to happen. There were a flurry of signings last week. Um, we had the Brian Silvestri signing, Perry Kitchen, uh, David Bingham, uh, Servando Carrasco. So a, a bunch of guys have now been added to the roster, Kevin, uh, and I imagine there's still going to be a couple more signings as we go. But first, let's check in with you. How are you doing, buddy? Hey, you know what? People don't realize you have you keep talking about how soon it is until training camp's going to open. You have one of those countdown clocks, like on CNN, right behind you. It counts down the days and the and the hours and the minutes, and and it's now into the hundreds of the second. I mean, that's very impressive. However, comma, tell everyone where you're going to be when training camp opens. The big day when it gets here. Where are you going to be, Josh? Yeah, everybody knows. I'm I'm going to be in Scotland. I told them on Thursday night, the Thursday night show. Yeah, I'm going to be uh, in Scotland and then uh, a little bit in uh, in in England as well uh, for a week as I go on actual business, not podcast bu business. I wish it was uh, going to be that much fun, but I, I'll be back. I mean, what am I going to miss? Those guys going to physicals like for the Ziggy, first thing? Ziggy said everyone needs to be in camp when it opens. And by the way, by the time you get back, they'll be in Tucson. So yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm going to miss, I'm going to miss nothing. Well, I'll, I'll tell you this, you know, I've been getting a lot of crap from people about this because they say that basically the galaxy have failed to sign a striker in the amount of time that, that Siggy said they were going to. And I have to tell everybody that they need to pump the brakes. I told you there's 48 days until the LA galaxy opened the season. It was Siggy's goal, Kevin, to have everybody in camp when it started. Do you think he's just going to stop looking because he doesn't have that? Or that if they're even close, do you think he's going to say, you know what, guys? Never mind. We're not We're not going to sign anybody. We're good. We're good. So we we go, don't need it. When you go to England, do they have soccer there? Will you be able to watch a game or maybe on TV or something? Do they I, have teams? I am going there. They do. I've, I've heard they've had teams. Um, I heard your, your team didn't quite live up to standards over the weekend. Yeah, and thanks for reminding I, me. I just wanted to make sure that everybody heard that Man Manchester City lost. Um, but... It, I, there is a possibility that I will get to maybe see a game before I come back. Maybe. And it will be my only fun that I have, except that I'm going to search really hard to find a castle when I'm in Scotland as well. So between a castle and possibly seeing a game, those are going to be my only two bits of fun for seven days on the road, living out of a small suitcase and traveling all over uh, Scotland and uh, and England. So those are my those are my fun things that I have planned. But uh, here's, here's again my thing is that with Siggy Schmidt saying, you know, that he wanted everybody in camp, is is does that mean he's failed, Kevin? Is is he useless because he has built so far a very, I think, a very a very much improved team. I didn't want to say like good or great or anything like that. A very much improved team with a focus on defense and really all they're missing to having a very good offseason is a striker. And so is it a failure if he doesn't get him in by camp or is it a success if he gets him in by the start of the first game? Well, it, it depends. If he gets a strike, if he doesn't get a striker, then it's kind of a failure, I guess. I suppose, if he gets one and one that's worth waiting for, um, no. As long as he's here by the start of the season, remember, as it stands right now, and I know this is not a popular thing with some of the fans. As it stands right now, your striker is or your your target forward or whatever you want to call him, center forward is Jassy's artist. He's not going to be in in camp when it opens because he's with the national team. So, um, either or, whether it's a, a, an acquired uh, forward or whether it's the incumbent, there is not going to be a forward. The uh, starting forward will not be in camp on January 22nd. Yeah, and I'd also like to take another point of contention. I have a lot of pet peeves at this time of the year. I'm done chasing stupid rumors. It drives me crazy. Um, so I, I'm I'm I, I'm going to let it lay out like some of my pet peeves that I have. They, the LA Galaxy have three forwards on this team right now. So stop saying there are no strikers. People, all the, the Galaxy don't have any strikers. You need to sign a striker. You need to. It, 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 they have three of them. 
I just don't think that there were any that people are really excited about. You and you mentioned Giassi's artist, Bradford Jameson the fourth as well, um, young and up and coming, and you know had a, a an actually a, a decent year. Um, showed some things on the on the field for uh, for Siggy Schmidt down the stretch where Siggy wasn't playing a lot, a lot of youngsters. Kevin uh, Bradford Jameson was getting some time at the end of the year, so that's something to build off of. And then you have Ari Lasseter as well. So those are your three strikers. So don't come at me telling me the Galaxy don't have any strikers. They have three right now. Um, they just probably well, need two more. I tell you, those are all three wide players. I don't think there's a, t- a center forward among them. Uh, They're all wide players, which is fine. But um, if there's no one in the middle. Um, uh, that makes the opposing defense play a lot differently and makes it a lot easier on them. I think, think the, you know, I, I'm, you know, I've been high on, on Lasseter and, and Bradford Jamison for a long time. I just don't think that they're players that play in the middle of the pitch. I, and I disagree. I think that uh, BJ was playing in the middle and up top as a striker towards the end of the year. So that was his start. And Ari Lasseter is definitely that guy. He's now, he's not a number nine. He's not a holding guy. He's not a guy who's going to, you know, be taking long balls with the ball and with his back into to goal. He's a more run downhill sort of guy and, and play him through. So he's a pure goal scoring type of striker. But I don't think he's a wide player. Now, Jamison can definitely play out wide, and we've seen him play in the midfield and in that attacking midfield role on the wings. But in this case, and toward, down towards the stretch, I definitely think that Siggy was using him in the uh, in sort of the, the striker role up top. Now, that doesn't mean that I think he should be the starter, and it doesn't mean that I think that Giossi Zardes should be the starter, and it doesn't mean that I think Ari, Ari Lasseter should be the starter, but I just want to point out there are three strikers on this team, and those guys, for the most part, outside of Jamison... Well, Jameson and Zardes um, are, are sort of, I was going to try to make a point. Um, Ari is the only guy who's really the out-and-out forward. He's the only guy who's not going to play in the midfield out on the wing. Uh, he's not going to play in the midfield in the center. He's the only guy who's going to be sort of patrolling up top and trying to stretch defenses north and south. Um, and, and outside of that, you have Jameson who can play in the midfield and who can also play up top. And then you also have, um, you know, Zardis, who I don't know where his best position is. Maybe it's a right back. Maybe it's a, a left outside midfielder. Maybe it's a right outside midfielder and maybe it's a striker and something in between. But, um, I don't think the galaxy still have plans for Giassi Zardis past the preseason right now. I still think they're going to try to move him because Kevin, let's say they do sign a striker. Let's say the Galaxy sign a striker. Where does Giassi's artist play? On another team. That's it, but by, yeah. By the way, I just want to go back to how you started this, and you said uh, that you want to disagree with me, and, and that's fine. If you want to disagree with me, just know that you're you're wrong because <laughs> I am a I am a stable genius when it comes to soccer, and everyone says so. Everyone says yeah. I'm a stable genius. You're genius with a J. I know how that goes. Um, <laughs> absolutely. Okay, so we we go on. Let's uh, let's touch on some of these things. Um, Corner of the galaxy, and when I say that, myself is uh, included in that. Uh, broke the news that the galaxy have signed Emra Clementa uh, from Sacramento Republic FC. He's a center back and a right back. Uh, I think on Friday evening was whenever uh, we we put that news out there. I do expect that the LA Galaxy will announce uh, the signing of Emra Clementa if on Tuesday or possibly even Wednesday, uh, one of these days early in the week, um, and that he will be added to the roster. But as of right now, you can go ahead and put him on there. Uh, he's an interesting signing, Kevin. Uh, this is a guy who uh, who was born in the uh, former Yugoslavia and, and got refugee status and, and came, uh, actually went through Turkey and then ended up coming to the United States. And, you know, at, at the age of, I think, about 10, 10 years old, uh, started playing for some of the youth teams around the Bay Area. So this is a guy who has been around for for a while in the United States, and this is one of the reasons, uh, whether he has a green card or dual national status, however it ends up uh, happening there, he's not an international player, even though he was not born here in the United States. So uh, the LA Galaxy will not have to use an international slot on him. Um, he is a center back, right back, mostly a right back, and I think if you're looking for a, a position for him, it's going to be right back for the LA Galaxy, and he'll be backing up uh, Rolf Felcher. Uh, who will uh, who will probably be the starter out there at the right back? But this was the right back position. Kevin was one that was a little shallow, and the LA Galaxy and Siggy Schmidt went out and found a guy who I really like. Even though he had a, a left ACL tear in 2016, he came back in 2017, really played well. Um, so uh, you know, I think there's concerns about injury there, but he's also not your starter; he's your backup. So I, I think this is a good signing. This is a guy who was captain at Sacramento Republic FC, who won a uh, championship with them um, during that time. So this, this and and by the way, joined the team through an open tryout, Kevin. Um, wow. Yeah. So that's always fun, right? Open tryout. He shows up. He's there, and then well, you know, one year he's named captain. 
Um, so this is a guy who's really sort of risen through the ranks and is, a, a, I think, a very good depth signing for the LA Galaxy at right back and a, a position of need for them in terms of uh, who they had in the defender stable and now uh, where they're able to play. And the fact he can play at center back too also, again, gives the Galaxy more depth in that center back role. So, uh, well, and the, yeah. and the thing I like about him, you point out that he was a captain. I mean, I, I really think one of the things they needed to address off of last year's squad was some leadership in in the dressing room and I think they brought in some what I understand to be some quality guys some guys who are going to um, be willing to sort of uh, subjugate their own role to help the team and to be leaders and to do what it takes to win I don't think they had that many of those kind of guys at least in the starting lineup last year and I think we're going to we're going to see a whole different team attitude they're you know guys playing for the crest and not necessarily for uh, for themselves yeah, one of the uh, one of the other interesting facts for uh, Emmerich Clementa is that uh, he has three caps for Montenegro. All right, so that's something to sort of keep an eye on. He may actually ha- go for some uh, national team call ups, that type of thing. I think that's again, I I, I don't have any problems with that. Um, this is this seems like a good signing for the Galaxy, and again, a depth signing that they they certainly need needed. So uh, always good news there. Um, Let's see. What else do we have after uh, after the signing of Emmerich Clementa? Oh, I know, Kevin. You wanted to bring up a ridiculous rumor that we could discuss. Yes. Yeah. You talked about ridiculous rumors. I thought you were going to throw it to me right there, and I'm I'm just I'm on the edge of my seat, waiting to go. Yes. Go ahead. Please, please illuminate everybody with your ridiculous rumor. And I told people that I'd start slapping people if they kept throwing these at me. So you're lucky you're not here in the studio this time, so I can't slap you. Well, you guys may have heard of this guy. Um, my dog is actually named after him. Um, Chicharito is back in the news again, and here's why. And uh, I, I tend not to put a whole lot of stock in this rumor, and I'll tell you why in a minute. But first, the rumor. Um, Chicharito, if you remember, when he after the World Cup in South Africa, went to Manchester United, played very well at the beginning, both in Champions League and in the, and in the, the Premier League for Alex Ferguson. Then when Alex Ferguson stepped down and David Moyes came in, for whatever reason, Chicharito was relegated to the bench and rarely, if ever, played under David Moyes and was not uh, uh, particularly uh, adroit when he did play. So he went off to La Liga first and then had a really good one really good season in the Bundesliga with uh, Leverkusen. Now is back in the Premier League with West Ham United. And now that David Moyes has taken over there, they fired their first coach, David Moyes has taken over, Chicharito is not playing. He's on the bench, and uh, in in the last game, he all he did was warm up, and uh, he's very unhappy there. Um, but more to the point, I think more importantly, right now, looking at this six months from the start of the World Cup, the Mexican national team is very unhappy. Juan Carlos Osorio has made it known that he's his guys need to play, and he's turned to Chicharito lately and said, "You are more than." just the goal scorer, and he's a, he is Mexico's leading international goal scorer. He said, I want you to be a leader. I want you to be the guy that sets the tone on the pitch and off the pitch. Well, it's hard to do when you're not playing. It's hard to be that guy when your teammates know you're not even playing for your club team. So um, the sort of the stress call has went out, and there are some teams apparently in the Premier League Chicharito would like to go to, mm-hmm. how interested they are, we don't know. But it's the January transfer window. And so what all this gets down to is they need a place for him to play now. It's got to be done in the January transfer window. He can't sit for another five months at West Ham and then try to go and be a star in the World Cup. So MLS has come up again. I'm told that Chicharito has a house in Miami and would actually love to play for Atlanta at this point. I don't think there's any room for him there. I talked to some people at LAFC today. They say they're very happy with the attackers that they have and that they need midfielders and they're not going to spend a ton of money on Chicharito. They did say that Carlos Vela and Chicharito have the same agent. And before they signed Vela, they offered Javi Hernandez that job and offered money they thought it would take to get him. And, and they turned him down. And then the agents you know, came back and said, but if you don't get him, how about this guy? And then Vela signed. So uh lafc says they're probably not in the market for chicharito but it's out there he needs to go somewhere he needs to play he may he may uh, bring down his offer a little bit the galaxy of course do not have a designated player spot but uh, my understanding is you are now going to talk us through how this would work yeah I, i've told you that the la galaxy can can't get a designated player spot i, I said this on thursday and that's still the case I'm, i didn't come up with some fancy new thing that would that would realistically open up a designated player spot for the la galaxy now that being said, I can come up with some scenarios in which the rules could possibly be bent or or moved in order to get Chicharito. Now, it doesn't even follow all of your rules, Kevin, that it has to happen here in January, but I can go over some things. Um, 
the, the big deal is trying to buy somebody else down, right? And so we talk about that all the time, about whether or not you could buy Alessandrini down. Uh, he's the one with the closest uh, sort of uh, uh, salary. Even Jonathan Dos Santos, though, not too far away from, from these types of things, where you could buy somebody down with targeted allocation money. If you remember, the LA Galaxy did this with Omar Gonzalez. And when they did it with Omar Gonzalez, Kevin, it was they kind of broke the rules even whenever the rules were established with targeted allocation money, which was, I think, you know, you get 800000 now and $400,000 this next one. And the Galaxy said, well, we'd like to use all of ours right now. And so they ended up using it about $1.2 million or something like that in order to buy Omar Gonzalez down um, and then be able to uh, to move in uh, uh, Giovanni Dos Santos whenever he came in. So there are some rule-bending ways that I could possibly get Roman Alessandrini to be bought down right now. Now, Roman Alessandrini makes a dollar short of $2 million, um, which is an interesting amount and probably has something to do with how the, the contract was actually calculated because there's actually some dollars and cents at the end of it as well. Um, so it, it's a dollar short of $2 million. Here is what we know is that the LA Galaxy could possibly have $1.5 million in targeted allocation money. If they have the $1.5 million in targeted allocation money that we believe they have, and we're going to get into more of that here in, in a little bit, um, then let's pretend that they're going to use $1.5 million to pay down Roman Alessandrini's contract. Now, the limit on contracts in the targeted allocation money rules is $1.5 million, which basically means nobody making anything <laughs> uh, anything more than $1.5 million can have their contract bought down. But let's pretend that you can, and you use your $1.5 million towards the $2 million. What's left over is $500,000, Kevin. $500,000 would be below the max bat budget salary player of five hundred and four thousand dollars in twenty eighteen, which is basically the the line that gets them underneath the salary cap. So, <laughs> if the LA Galaxy could somehow convince Major League Soccer that this abides by the rules, which it it seems like it certainly doesn't, they could buy down Ramon Alessandrini's contract right now, um, and then he would be a salary cap player basically, and his his remaining five hundred thousand dollars basically would be a hit against the cap, which. Not even sure the LA Galaxy have the cap room in order to do it, but that's one of the ways the Galaxy could possibly open up a designated player spot. It just breaks rules, all right? Well, you know, the, I mean, when Geo came in, uh, that they didn't targeted allocation money not been invented then. Galaxy had three designated players. How targeted allocation money was supposed to be used was supposed to pay, give raises to mid-level players who weren't good enough to become DPs, but were better than you know um, maximum salary guys. Um, and the Galaxy used it in a completely different way, and no one had even heard of it before. If you remember, if you go back to those Halcyon days uh, when they got Geo, it was like people were talking about Geo coming, and there's no way this happens. There's no mechanism to make this happen. And boom, all of a sudden, MLS invented one, which Bruce Arena was the first one to use, and the, you know Geo popped up. Um, so Major League Soccer seems to do whatever it wants to do with its rules. And if it's offered a player like Chicharito, and I just had a long talk with someone at LAFC where they were talking about how Chicharito doesn't necessarily fit into their team, and that may be true. I've always looked at Chicharito now as someone who's going to be much more valuable to a team in the league off the field with the, you know, the interest he'll, he, you know, he'll draw and uh, his personality, he's bilingual. Uh, you know, he's got the the good looks, and and he's Mexico's leading scorer. There's a lot of things that he brings to the table. To me, he's the kind of guy, as it was with Beckham, and as they thought it would be with Gio, that the league is probably going to invent a mechanism if, in fact, he really does want to come. And and you didn't even mention what a transfer fee might be. West Ham would probably let him go on a free transfer, I would guess. But um, you know, we don't know that. That they would like to have some money too. So. It, it it is beyond rumor. I think it's it's uh, it's ludicrous to really put a lot of stock into it right now. But I think the point of this all this thing is it, what my point is, if I had one, would be that if he becomes available, MLS will find a way to get him here. So all this stuff about whether he fits under the salary cap and whether they can buy Alessandrini down, there'll be another rule. The Chicharito rule will be invented to get him here if in fact he's that close to coming. Yeah, which, by the way, I'd heard at one point it was like a $14 million transfer fee that West Ham wanted What basically what they paid for him whenever they picked him up, um, which, again, would put the Galaxy... Uh, AEG has the money, Kevin. They never don't have the money. Um, it's just, it would seem it puts all this out. I, I would say this is too far-fetched to happen for the Galaxy. And while I appreciate you saying the MLS will change rules whenever they want to in order to facilitate his return, 
Um, I will also say that you can't use that as a valid argument to tell me that Chicharito's coming. Um, because yes, it could happen, but I can never, I, you nor I will ever be able to tell how Major League Soccer bends the rules or when they will happen. And so uh, right now, it doesn't make any sense. It, it, it's impossible. And for the Galaxy, at least, um, there's no reason. You might as well tell me that Pato's coming to the LA Galaxy if you're going to tell me Chicharito's coming at the same time. Well, now here's another thing. One last thought on the Chicharito angle is another place for him to go, and apparently a place that he he personally prefers over MLS is the Liga MX. And you would think that the Mexican national team uh, since the Federation is pretty much run by people, uh, you know, at Televisa and TV Azteca who own Liga MX teams, if in fact this gets to be a desperation situation for the national team, I could definitely see a number of teams stepping up and paying that transfer fee to get him back to Liga MX where he's playing every day and, uh, you know, arguably playing with a at a um, level of competition uh, above MLS, you can we can have that argument. But you know, when you look at Liga MX now, it, it, ironically, it's now become the place for old, retired, broken down MLS players. I was going to gonna go. say, now, you, the, Donovan is there. You're not allowed to talk about this. All right, I yelled at everybody last time. The reason you're not allowed to talk about this is Landon Donovan's not a Galaxy player anymore. All right, so I don't care. He can do whatever he wants. All right, go well, ahead. I, lo- I love the number. The number he picked. That was genius. I don't the, know who came up the, with that. The, that was the genius. The 2-0, the Dos Cicero. Dos Cicero, that yeah, was awesome. Yeah, 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 I saw that. No, I mean, like, as I said on Thursday, is if Landon Donovan wants to go to Leon, hey, have fun. Go. Do your thing. Um, do whatever. But, I mean, for, for us and how it affects, one, it doesn't, in my opinion, <laughs> tarnish anything he did at the Galaxy or in Major League Soccer or with the U.S. Men's National Team. So if you're coming with that weak sauce, you can, you can keep bringing it. That's ridiculous. Um, no, but he's Soccer's version of Brent Favre at this point. He, like, a little bit of Brett Favre, yeah. I could, I could see it. Um, and I also don't, like, it's like, it's one of those things, Kevin. If you decided that you weren't going to write anymore, that you're going to hang up the uh, the the typewriter, uh, you're you're going to be the done. The parade would be huge <laughs> if I decided. The people that would be be happy to see me go away. Um, <laughs> I was going to say AEG and the Galaxy. I think I, I would say yeah. I think there would be a lot of celebrations uh, uh, that particular night. Be. But here's the thing: if you decide to go ahead and and hang it up because you're done, you don't want to write anymore, and then somebody comes and offers you a whole bunch of money to write again on a limited basis for a little bit. Are you not going to come out of, I mean, why would you not come out of retirement? I, I have to imagine that Landon's getting, you know, some money to be there and be sort of a very situationally placed player who will have to do a lot of work in order to just get back into, um, you know, into shape and be somewhat valuable to his team. I mean, it just, to me, it doesn't hurt. Why would you say anybody who's judging Landon Donovan you, like, it drives me crazy because it's like, who cares what he does? Let him go do his thing. Let him have fun. Let him make his money. And well, and I, I think it's I, a cool thing to do. I happen to know a little bit, have a little bit of insight on this. Um, you remember the first time Landon stepped away and took that sabbatical that had nothing to do with physical uh, right. ailments or problems. It was the mental thing, which he, he, you know, he's been very upfront about. Then he came back, and Jurgen shut him down, and that was, I think, more of a personal thing, frankly, than whether or not Landon could could compete on the field. I mean, th- that roster they had, he was certainly better than uh, Wondolowski, certainly better than Julian Green. Um, there was a number of guys he should have been on that team, but right. he wasn't, and so. I think he kind of lost his enthusiasm for the game and it took him a while to get it back. So he retires because again, he's lost his enthusiasm, sits out a year, comes back um, to play because he, remember he's never stepped away because he thought he was done. There's been a number of other reasons. So he comes back, wasn't the great Landon Donovan that we knew, but, but was okay. He was one of the better guys in the field. He was all right. Um, And you know, he's, he's married. He moved to San Diego. He's got a couple of kids now. But he never really has made the transition to retired soccer player and family guy. He uh, is he is very he's having a hard time just sitting around at home. I know he has a lot of projects and things that he's working on, but he's not done with soccer yet. He's not done with sports. He's not done with hanging out in locker rooms. Um, he hasn't scratched that itch fully yet. So um, I, I don't begrudge him for coming back either. And it's not like a guy who's coming back for money or, or you know, in the case, I think of Brett Favre, the first couple of times I thought that he was kind of done and he kept showing up like a bad penny. I think Landon um, still has a little bit to give. I don't think he's going to be a 90-minute a game player in Mexico, and I don't think he's going to lead the league in scoring. But I think he's going to be a useful player. Yeah, he's going to be a situational substitute, which is fine, which is how, quite honestly, the U.S. could have used him in 2014 in the World Cup. Um, so it, it it's fine. Like I said, it doesn't, to me, it doesn't tarnish anything, and he certainly, 
I think he's earned the right to do really whatever he wants in the soccer landscape, and I like that he's going down to Mexico. And there have been he did commercials down in Mexico before. I mean, for the most part, and and, and one of my employees who's a who's a big Mexican soccer fan told me he goes he goes you know there's plenty of people who love Landon Donovan in Mexico. Um, they, they and they loved to hate him at one point, but he thought that they would that he would be embraced by uh, the fans in Leon there, and and I think that they might be. Um, so anyway, it's just, it, that's an interesting side note to, uh, to the LA galaxy and Landon Donovan and, and, and sort of where he's at and what he's doing. Um, because you're never going to be able to separate him from the club. I know I joke about it, that he's not a galaxy player, but he is the LA galaxy. He's kind of whatever he does, wherever he goes, he's still going to be LA galaxy player, Landon Donovan. So always a, a, a sort of a relevant topic as well. Um, can we talk about real things that are happening with the galaxy and, and like real rumors now, Kevin, instead of like made up ones. Oh, real that... rumors. Yeah. Let's talk about real rumors. <laughs> uh, let's talk about Ola Kamara again. This is the, the rumor that continues to surface around the LA galaxy. Um, I put on the rumor tracker over the weekend that there is a deal that makes too much sense to ignore. And whenever you get a rumor deal that actually makes sense, um, I don't know, it sort of makes you sit up and, and pay attention. Uh, the Philadelphia Union, who do not have a draft pick in the 2018 MLS Super Draft, which is coming up on Friday the 18th. Is it Friday the 18th? Uh, oh, no, 19th. Friday the 19th. Um, as that draft comes up on Friday, uh, they do not have a pick in the first two rounds. I think they have two picks in the third round is when they get there. And so uh, the Philadelphia Union not making a ton of moves as they normally don't like to actually spend any money, uh, may be looking to actually pick up a draft pick. Um, and they may want a higher round draft pick than what they have. And so maybe they are trying to move up in the draft. Well, guess who has the number two overall pick? Uh, the LA Galaxy, Kevin, have the number two overall pick and I think would be happy to trade to Philadelphia for some cash, uh, the possibility of, of Philadelphia taking that number two overall pick. Um, the, this all leads into the fact that Siggy Schmidt said that uh, he, they spent a lot of money on David Bingham, or excuse me, yeah, on Perry Kitchen um, and, uh, and David Bingham, and by doing that, do not have enough money now to go out and, and sign Ola Kamara. I don't believe that. <laughs> We're going to get into more of that, why I don't believe it. But I think that this rumor, Kevin, makes sense to me in terms of the Philadelphia Union, Union wanting to move up, Philadelphia probably having targeted allocation money and general allocation money that they're not going to use that they could pay to the LA Galaxy for that spot. And the LA Galaxy using that cash to go out and be <laughs> more competitive in the Ola Kamara signing. How does this one strike you in terms of uh, the eye test? Well, the other part is they're still in. They're still involved in... Uh, is searching for a player down in Uruguay and they need that uh, roster spot. So trading the draft pick for money and for a foreign allocation spot uh, would also make some sense too. First of all, the dra talking about the draft pick, the draft pick does the galaxy absolutely no good. We've talked about this before. They, they tried to, first of all, I think there is a little bit of an aversion to going young with college players, just, based on what happened last season. But setting that aside, looking at he history, you have to go back to Omar Gonzalez and A.J. De La Garza in the, in the 2009 draft to find the last time the Galaxy have found a player who became a stable part of their lineup, Sean Franklin before that. Um, so it's been a while, and I think you see that throughout MLS. Now Atlanta did a good job with its draft picks. It was an expansion team. LAFC is going to draft in the first three rounds. They're an expansion team. They don't have players right now. Uh, the Galaxy do, and I and we'll talk about this in a little bit. I think the Galaxy lineup looks pretty good right, right now. So I don't, and and their depth looks really good. I, a, a draft pick does them no good in my mind. So trading the draft pick for a you know a, a bag of used soccer balls is probably a good idea at this point. But trading it for something useful, like the money they need to go out and fill their needs, is interesting. And and Ziggy did an interview. Um, with MLS, uh, it was either a radio station or a podcast. You, I know that you, you'll correct me where I'm yeah, wrong. Yeah, it was the podcast. Um, Go ahead. And, and he said some interesting stuff. He made it clear to me in that interview that they're still working on something, that uh, he he admitted that they haven't filled all their needs, that they need a, a forward. So he's on the, on the you know right on target there, that they're still working on something. So I think you're absolutely right. He's They're, they're still in the sweepstakes for a couple of guys, I think. I don't think they've closed down talks on either one and i did talk to someone in the galaxy uh, orbit the other day about all this and laid out some of the rumors and, and some of the things that you just laid out and they said their response was still a lot up in the air don't think anything is intimate and that was last week but it wasn't like 
um, you know, the reply we get sometimes, which is don't follow that or that's not happening or we're done or why do you think we need a forward? It was more like, yeah, you know, you might want to sort of keep checking because something could be happening. And I do believe that there's too much percolating for all this to be just idle chatter. Yeah. I mean, the, the whole thing, you have two issues that are sort of seem to be working against the galaxy right now for me, Kevin, is one is the international slots that we talked about, uh, the LA galaxy for currently have their full complement of eight. So they would need to go out and acquire if they acquire one for Kamara or for Rodrigo Aguirre, who we had talked about uh, last week, the Uruguayan who they're, they're, they're possibly going after um, who has had some, Injury issues as well, so we'll see if any of that sort of sticks around and, and who sticks. So it, right now, it really feels to me like it is Ola Kamara or it's Rodrigo Aguirre because of the two international slots. I will not rule out, and people have asked me if it's a possibility, I w- could the LA Galaxy go after both? And I would say, yes, I think they could go after both. And maybe that's where you get into the cash-strapped idea that Siggy has. Either he knows that he has some other signings that are coming down. And by the way, um, I told you about Emra Clementa, who will uh, likely be announced this week. There's a very good possibility that will not be the only player signing announced this week. All right? I don't know names. Uh, I'm just telling you that I would be surprised if there were not more announcements uh, to come and especially to come here before uh, the draft. And while I think things will slow down and be a little quieter towards the draft, there could be a flurry of some <laughs> trade activities that happen at MLS draft. And, and yeah. so that's something to watch. Now, who do you like better, Kamara or Aguirre? <clears throat> Kamara, at least, is a proven guy in Major League Soccer. I believe he only made $482,000 or something like that last year for uh, in Major League Soccer for the Columbus Crew, so not a huge investment. And, Gary, you're talking about three or $400,000 loan deal and then however much his salary would be. So, I mean, they're probably pretty comparable in terms of salary, loan deals, and, and overall uh, you know, what it's going to take to sign. I would imagine they're both targeted allocation money players, so you're going to be over the $504,000 max budget um, that you could have there. So, I mean, I think that you could get either one for probably in the six dollars to $700,000 range whenever it's all said and done. Um, I think that if it's Kamara, you give him raise in order to raise him into that targeted allocation money, and whether or not that breaks any MLS rules will be interesting to see. Um, and, and maybe that's a holdup in any move that's sort of coming about. He's a guy who was over the max budget, so was a designated player, I believe, for um, the Columbus crew last year, but was a lower-level designated player whenever you look at that. So it's a toss-up for me, Kevin. I think they can't really go wrong in either way. Maybe with Aguirre, you worry a little bit more about the injury history um, because he has, has some, I think, uh, knee problems. I can't remember if it's left or right knee, so so maybe that's something. But at 23 years old, you know, maybe you roll the dice there that he's going to be okay and, and, and sort of provide something for you. It's, I think for Siggy Schmidt, it's a matter of uh, that both of these players probably fit what he's looking for. He probably has a preference. I don't know that I do right now. Do you have, do you either way, can you, can you sort of lean one way or the other for these guys? Well, yeah, I mean, I like Kamara because of what you said. He, we know that he can play in MLS. He knows MLS. He's aware of the travel. He knows about the conditions in Houston in the summer uh, and Seattle uh, beginning and end of the season. He knows all those things. Um, so, if the money is equal or close to being equal, if money is not a problem, in other words, I would lean to, to Kamara because, again, he has that experience. We know that he's good. A lot of times when you see new players come into MLS, whether it's a, a Steven Gerrard at the end of his career or some guys at the beginning of their career, it takes them a little while to adjust. And and it could be a few months. It could be a year or two. Um, you know, Robbie Keane didn't need any problems adjusting. I think Jonathan had a little bit of a struggle, and I, we know that Steven Gerrard had a lot of a struggle. So it, when you look at these players, you always have to factor in how are they going to adjust to the conditions here. Uh, we play in a continental-sized country. You know, these other uh, players don't. Now, having said that, Aguirre is young enough where he can probably sort of, of you know, roll with the punches, and it's not going to be a big deal. He is going to be playing in bigger stadiums. I've uh, probably never seen artificial turf before. So those are things. And he's a guy who's going to grow. He's very young. He has the chance to be around much longer. So long term, he may be the better player. But it, just given what happened last year, and again, I, you know, it, I don't think you can talk about too much the looming competition from LAFC and the need for the Galaxy to be competitive from the very first game, which is why Ziggy wants those guys in camp early. Um, you want someone that's going to hit the ground running and not take a, a while to adjust. Now, having said all that, I think Ziggy does like veterans. He's veteran players more. He's talked about 
how he's worked with use, and he has. Christian Roldan and and Jordan Morris did very well under him in Seattle. Those were very young players. Um, but I, I think given his, if he had a preference, I think he would rather have sort of the, the proven veteran guy, and I think Kamara ticks that box too. Yeah, yeah, I mean, he can, certainly, and uh, he's 28 years of age. Uh, there's something to that in, in terms of, you know, being a little bit older. Um, it, it, it's, again, for me, it, it sort of comes up. I'll, I'll tell you, maybe you lean Ola Kamara a little bit more, too, Kevin. Because of the loan deal with uh, Aguirre, it sort of has an option buy of about $6 million at the back side of it. Um, at least that's how it was reported first and, and foremost. And so with Ola Kamara, you know you can sort of lock him in for the next two years. Uh, with Aguirre, are you going to have to look at the end of the 2017 or 2018 season and send him back because you don't want to spend the $6 million, nor do you have the designated player spot to be able to spend the $6 million, or does do you negotiate a better price? So it, it gets more complicated with Aguirre in, to- in terms of loan and then option to buy at the end and, and how that sort of fits in. Ola Kamara probably is a little more straightforward if you acquire him. Um, so you're just going to need an international slot, and then you're going to be able to you know, factor him into the squad for the next couple of years, maybe two or three years. So it, to me, the ease of movement for Ola Kamara and the fact that if you're going to make the Ola Kamara deal for me, Kevin, I would have to think that Giassi Zardis is part of that deal as well and that he goes to Columbus as part of payment for Kamara as well as targeted allocation money and general allocation money because I, I think Columbus is going to sort of want that. Um, in, in terms of you know how this deal eventually goes down, so or maybe you even trade Josie's artist to the Philadelphia Union, um, and make a deal there and get more targeted allocation, general allocation money, um, and then you can you can acquire. I think Josie's artist is part of this deal for Ola Kamara, sort of regardless, um, and regardless of where he goes, and maybe it's a third team or a fourth team that has to get involved in it in order for it to happen. Uh, and with Aguirre, I there's not anything going back, so y- you're you're going to sort of be quote-unquote, stuck with Giassi's artists, and as we're going to get into with the lineup, and we can go over that now, Kevin, um, as you get in the lineup, I, if you sign a striker, there is no LA Galaxy, there is no room for LA Galaxy uh, Giassi's artists. Well, before we go to lineup, just real quick, so you, we have them trading the draft pick to Philadelphia. Philadelphia really wants the draft pick. The Galaxy wants money. What's to stop the Galaxy from saying, look, we'll give you the draft pick. You take Giassi's artists. That frees up over $500,000 for us, um, it opens up the spot at forward. It kind of gets a, gets rid of a problem for us, and Philadelphia gets their draft pick. I mean, um, it, you know, I, I don't see why that necessarily wouldn't work. Um, but you wanted to talk about the lineup, and I did want to talk about the lineup too. Because when, <laughs> when I look, if I draw this lineup up as a 4-2-3-1, mm-hmm. I think it looks really good. You, you're going to have Bingham and goal, and then from left to right across the back, you'll have uh, Cole, uh, Shielvik, Steris, and Felcher. Then you'd have two defensive midfielders or, or uh, you know, holding midfielders in Kitchen and 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 Jonah, who I know plays more box-to-box, but I'm going to put him back there in the 4-2. He's part of the two. Then you have three midfielders, Alessandrini, Gio, and Sebastian, with Alessandrini and Sebastian uh, out on the wings. And then you have a target striker, which right now is Giassi's artist. Um, that is a pretty good lineup. And if you look at it, um, there are – if you um, – if you uh, with with Bingham, Shelvick, Felcher. By the way, how's these pronunciations? Am I nailing this or what? You're doing okay. With Bingham, You're doing Bingham, okay. Shelvick, Felcher, Kitchen, and Jonah. That's five players that weren't there when Ziggy took over. So he he promised he was going to remake this team, and he did. That's Jonah wasn't wasn't on the roster when Ziggy took over. So there's five players that weren't there when he took over. Sebastian wasn't on the team either because he was hurt. So that's six. And then if you if Sterison start if Siani say starts at center back or one of the other players they brought in, that would be seven players that weren't here when Ziggy took over uh, that would be in his starting lineup. I, I look at that lineup, and I know i got a reputation for pounding on the Galaxy, but, man, I look at that lineup, and that's pretty good. And then the, the maybe even better, you know you're going to miss uh, probably both the Santos brothers for two months during the World Cup. Right. So you miss a, uh, you know, a, a midfielder. I, I think Boateng comes in at the wing, and Sebastian has proven that he can play in this center be a distributor he goes in the center you lose a little bit i don't know you if you lose a ton and then with perry kitchen and 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 jonathan dos santos says they're holding midfielders um when jonathan goes away you have baggio you have pedro you have carrasco they could all kind of slot in there again a lot of depth and the galaxy we know have a ton of midfielders but we haven't even talked about dave romney who was one of the best players on the team last year in my opinion and 
he can play anywhere on that back line. He fits in all the way across. So yep. there's a ton of depth and a, a pretty good starting lineup, I think. No, I was going to say, you know, you you start, you start highlight that starting lineup. And by the way, that is my starting lineup as well. I, I don't think there's much argument about it, which sometimes I feel like when there's not much argument, it must mean that you're that you you're missing some pieces because you should have some some competition. So maybe if Jossie Zardes stays on the team, you can argue that Zardes needs to be put in there somewhere. Um, and that's sort of an argument. But I think that that's the starting thing. And then I was going to highlight the depth. You did a wonderful job of highlighting that depth. Even at striker, let's say, uh, you know, it's it's not Jossie's artist. It's it's Ola Kamara up there. Um, you have Bradford Jamison who's able to play up there. Ari Lasseter is able to play up there. Um, and so those guys all can play multiple positions as well. There's a bunch of guys who are very flexible on this team. And yes, the Galaxy have a bazillion midfielders, but some of those guys also play different positions in the midfield. And so you really have depth upon depth upon depth. This is the polar opposite, in my opinion, Kevin, of last year when it felt like a team was built without a cohesive plan. Um, this year it feels like there is a solid plan and everybody knows what that plan is, which was sort of defense first. They're going to find the striker. Um, and like you said, there are a bunch of people who are on the team, uh, who were not either available or not on the team, you know, at the start of the last year that have really sort of changed this team without changing too much. The starting lineup still has a bunch of familiar names, uh, but overall the team is going to be, I, I think our first day of, uh, uh, of meeting the team, Kevin, is going to be a lot of huh, introductions because we're not yeah. going to know very many people. Well, you know, and, and there's some other, I think, interesting things about this team. One of the things that Ziggy said at the start of the offseason and when he talked about um, the problems last year, he said one of the things he wanted to do is he wanted to have – the ball played out of the back. He didn't like, you know, the 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 keeper just punting the ball down the field. And and Jurgen Klinsmann talked about this all the time too, because 99% of the time it winds up with the other team. So you're just giving the ball back to the other team just a little further up the pitch. He wants to play the ball out of the back. You got two defensive midfielders in Kitchen and and Jonah. And again, Jonah box to box. But my point is, you have someone back there to receive the kick, uh, to receive a pass from the the keeper and bring it up and play it to the midfield. So you're playing out of the back. That's what Ziggy wants to do. And and then you look at, so we start with this uh, um, lineup with, w- let's just call Kitchen and, and Jonathan defensive midfielders, guys who are not going to spend a lot of time joining the attack. Whether that's accurate or not, let's just say that. So that, that's the guys you have. So let's say you're trailing. Well, you can take one or two of those guys out. You can bring in some offensive-minded players like Boateng. You can bring in uh, Lasseter. You can bring in Bradford Jamison and play them as midfielders. And all of a sudden – push up and you have guys that can play in the attack. Okay, let's say you're winning and you're protecting the lead. Well, maybe you take out Sebastian or Alessandrini and you put in Baggio or Carrasco or Pedro and and really have a defensive midfield. You, I, I can just see this team uh, being super flexible and being able to plan a lot of different ways depending on the opponent and, and the score and the time of the, uh, the game. Yeah, again, you're right. There is. There should be, a, a, you know, a whole bunch of flexibility built in. And, you know, looking at multiple competitions, U.S. Open Cup, um, World Cup absences, any of the uh, any of the other things, I, I think the Galaxy have been somewhat prepared for the departure of some of these players. And so when that happens, I think that you're, you can see that this Galaxy team, again, has a little bit different feel to it than, uh, than last year and maybe a little bit more positive feel. So, um, yeah, it, it, it makes sense to, to what C has done and and hopefully it will it'll make sense coming up uh very soon as well in terms of the LA Galaxy getting ready to um you know start this preseason with a bunch of guys already in camp ready to go and whenever they get that striker Kevin um I feel like they're gonna go ahead and and, and really start to 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 form and so we'll see how they start forming in Tucson um and then they get back and have some preseason games as well well, one of the things we heard last year was, or we didn't hear last year, is last year's team seemed to be put together. People that I talked to uh, talked about how none of the pieces fit. It was just thrown together, and it, it was a poorly constructed roster. This one feels like there – well, it doesn't feel like it is. There, there's been a lot of thought that has gone into this about how these guys mesh, who backs up who, where the depth is, the playing style that they're going to use. Um, and, and as, uh, you know, as we know, they haven't played one game yet. They haven't had a practice yet. They're not even in training camp yet. So this could all go South, uh, for a number of different reasons. But for right now, I think Ziggy deserves a big pat on the back because this seems to make a lot of sense and it seems to look good. And it seems to have been done with a plan. Um, and it is a little different from last year. Yeah, it is. It feels different. Uh, coming up for the LA Galaxy on Friday, they will go, obviously, into the MLS Super Draft. We will see whether or not they make any picks. And, of course, we'll have a Thursday night show in case anything has changed 
right before that. So uh, always great to have a Thursday night show where you know the next day things will definitely change and your podcast will be completely obsolete. Uh, that makes me feel good about things uh, at night. Uh, so yeah, the LA Galaxy and the MLS Super Draft on Friday, January 19th this is taking place in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. And I know members of the LA Galaxy staff are already headed out there and already at the Combine down at Orlando City Stadium down in Orlando watching some of the college kids. So if they don't trade away there, second overall selection, which they have in the first round, the second overall pick. Um, they, I'm sure they'll be prepared to pick one of the rising stars in uh, in college soccer um, and somebody who could provide depth in that forward striking role as well if they wanted to go ahead and pick up one or two of those things. So um, that's sort of where the Galaxy stand on that. Uh, the, they have four overall picks um, in the MLS Super Draft, they have a first-round pick, a, uh, a second-round pick, which is a late second-round 40th overall, um, and the 17th pick in that, and they have a uh, second pick overall in the third round. I would expect that they start trading some of those and trying to monetize some of those, uh, especially that second overall pick. I like young talent. I think the Galaxy could possibly get a, a, you know, a decent college player, but in terms of what the LA Galaxy need... In terms of trying to develop somebody, you're, it's hit or miss, and it is a gamble. And if you can trade that that pick, Kevin, and you can get um, you know, talent that you already know about uh, in somebody like Ola Kamara, if, if that makes that deal happen, then you make that deal. You, you take what you know more than what could possibly develop at this point for the LA Galaxy, knowing that they have to have a good season. So uh, again, MLS Super Draft coming up on Friday, um, and that sort of ends the off-season drafts, Kevin. It's just off-season time. Uh, the LA Galaxy starting the preseason again on January 22nd. Um, they will be there. We got our first, as uh, as media members, Kevin, we got our first weekly schedule from the LA Galaxy of 2018 that talks about... It was about, so exciting when that hit my inbox. I, I was going to wow. say that that uh, that actually tells us about the LA Galaxy and what is happening this particular week. So um, <laughs> things are happening, Kevin. It's, it's getting a lot closer. At least it feels like it's getting a lot closer. And remember, too, that camp will open on the 22nd. That day is largely going to be physicals. I don't know if they'll even get out on the field, if anyone will ever see a soccer ball that day. But Galaxy are only going to be here a week, and then they go to Tucson. So they're not going to be around much this this uh, in, during this training camp. Yeah, well, at least not for not at the beginning. Right, because they they will be around towards the uh, towards the end of it, um, and they did make some announcements, or at least they wanted to update everybody on the announcements in terms in terms of the uh, coaching staff. Excuse me, uh, the changes that they have made. Obviously, we're bringing in a whole bunch of players, um, and then the LA Galaxy will also welcome new faces to the sideline uh, as Siggy Schmidt has brought in former Philadelphia Union goalkeeping coach Oka Nikoloff, which we've talked about before, and former Rio Grande uh, Valley FC Toros head coach Junior Gonzalez last November. As well, so uh, and Dominic Neer still on the coaching staff with Siggy Schmidt uh, and Kurt Schmidt brought into the front office. So um, a lot of things have happened since uh, Siggy Schmidt took over, um, and right now at least looks like the Yellow Galaxy have a compass of sorts. It looks like it's pointing them in the right direction. It could lead them off a cliff, like is is so often the case uh, whenever you're trying to make wholesale changes. But right now it seems like there's a direction, there's a rudder to the ship. So if I'm an LA Galaxy fan right now, I think that uh, I'm I'm actually rather content. Get that striker signing, that's still important, but overall uh things seem to have happened uh in the in the correct order and in and have things pointed in the right way. That's that's at least yeah, my take. But having said all that, I mean I, and I really sincerely do like this lineup, but I think it's gonna be successful. Let's not get too uh too excited about this. I even if this lineup uh, pans out the way we think it's going to. I think the Galaxy will be a, a good, exciting team to watch play, but I don't see them as a supporter shield contender. I think it's uh, you know, there's a lot of really strong teams in the league, certainly Toronto. And over here in the Western Conference, Seattle, uh, Portland, Vancouver seems to be a little bit improved. I think the Galaxy, with this roster, if it plays the way it's supposed to play, I think they're definitely a solid playoff contender. I uh, just don't see them competing for a conference title or for the supporter shield. But you know what? After last season, getting into the playoffs, maybe making it two rounds to the playoffs, um, that's not going to be a disappointment. I think that would be a huge success. That would be a, a correct step. It will also be, of course, measured by how the uh, how the friends across the street do as well. So, um, right. And once you get to the playoffs, as, as Seattle and Portland and Columbus have proven, once you get in the playoffs, anything can happen. It really is a bad bounce of a poor referee's call. Um, so getting into the playoffs has got to be goal one. Forget the supporter shield. Just get into the playoffs and then take your shot. Yeah, that's uh, that's definitely how it is. Let's get to some um, 
some some questions from listeners who sent it in, of course, to Twitter. Um, and Hector has asked what the status on Rodrigo Aguirre is, and, and I think we've sort of uh, approached that the best we could. It's probably the same as it was. Everything seems like it's in a holding pattern. Um, you know, some people are saying that, you know, is it true that the LA Galaxy have talked to as many as five strikers and, and could be possibly making some decisions? I think the LA Galaxy of the they have 22 players on the roster right now, Kevin. Uh, spots 28 or excuse me, 29 and 30. The last two are designated for homegrown players, so they probably already have those. So they are going to add six players, roughly, um, to the remainder of this roster. Six to eight players are still to be added for this LA Galaxy team, and if that is the case, um, I would imagine that two or three of those could be strikers because. Um, maybe maybe one or two, um, maybe two is the better number there, but they, they still seem to be a little lacking in the depth department and certainly in the proven depth department. So it wouldn't surprise me to get somebody who is going to be an off-the-bench type of person and still sign them. So could the Galaxy be talking to as many as five strikers right now? Absolutely, I think so. I think the main two that everybody's sort of excited about right now, though, are, are sort of narrowed down to Ola Kamara and, uh, and Rodrigo Aguirre. And between those two, I, I think the Galaxy have a good chance landing one um the, like, the galaxy yeah. do not need defenders they do not need midfielders um yeah i would say a forward and then maybe a third goalkeeper yeah that is that is possibly a a chance or they could rely on anybody down at la galaxy 2 to fill that third spot as well so yeah those are sort of my that worked out so well last year <laughs> hey uh yeah well lots of things didn't work out well last year let's not use that as an example so hector that's sort of your update on aguirre as far as i'm concerned let's uh let's talk uh or go to adam um at adam brown writes and he goes are mls clubs inquiring about aaron johansson uh, hasn't been hasn't seen consistent time in Bundesliga for a couple of years, and the Galaxy are in need of a striker and near the top of the allocation order because uh, uh, Aaron would come back in as an allocation player, a U.S. Men's National Team player, and the LA Galaxy currently sits second behind FC Dallas in the allocation order. There, I think that there's rumors and rumblings about it, Kevin, but I don't know that anybody's made any serious play for him. Um, at least nothing that I've heard, and, and nothing from the LA Galaxy. No, you know, he was he, a guy that was looked at as a rising star at the 2014. He was on 2014 World Cup team and got hurt early in the World Cup and didn't see much action. And then his star has really faded since then. So I look at that as saying, um, you know, he really hasn't done much in the last three years, but somebody saw something in him, some some very good talent evaluator saw something in him, good enough to put him on a World Cup team. So you know, it's one of those. Do you look at it and say, "We think we're the we're the guys that can solve this. We have the key to this guy's uh, success, and we're going to make him better." Or, it, you know, has his time passed? Um, I think it would it it would be kind of a roll of dice gamble thing. I think the gal if they if he became a Galaxy player, I think it would be a uh, have to be a cheap signing, and I think that Galaxy would have to have that target striker signed before they went to him. I think he'd be sort of a, a of a roll of the dice kind of guy and yeah. maybe a guy with a lot of high with a very very high upside if he uh, finds a way to click again yeah but uh, adam i haven't heard anything in terms of galaxy and and being interested but yeah yeah you it's a it's one of the gambles it's one of the gambles i talked about kevin that the galaxy are probably gonna have to gamble with somebody in the off season in terms of take a gamble take a risk and if it pays off then all of a sudden you're you know a lock for the playoffs and if it doesn't then you're going to be battling on the edge to try to sort of find that that may be somebody like that that you take a gamble on that they really can produce and, and that they can do things at, at a world-class level. But I think that's expensive for the LA Galaxy to go anywhere near Aaron Johansson. So for me, um, it's probably a pass right now, hard pass um, in, in terms of that. All right, uh, let's go to uh, uh, one more question we have. At Singlefin Max, he goes, on a guess, he goes, of course, for laughs. He goes, how many times will Joao Pedro change his number this season? It was, it was and the Galaxy will argue with us, Kevin, it was three times... Although he certainly didn't appear in one of those. There was an article written about how he was going to be changing numbers. So it was three times last year. Um, I think eight, 58, and 88 were, were yeah, the numbers. Yeah, you still got that tight end number, 88. Yeah, yeah. So, so those were the, as it all went down, those were the numbers that he went to. Uh, so how many times will he have to change it this season? I'm guessing nobody's taking the 88. Um, he may move down, though. Who knows where he ends up. So maybe he only changes once this year. Uh, this was, uh, he, he continues on. He goes, even if we get a seasoned veteran striker, is Gio the guy to produce assists with the likes of uh, Sebastian Legette, Roman Alessandrini, Jonathan Dos Santos, and even Ima Boatangs? Remember, he goes, remember how many times he lost it last year 
Um, I don't know, lost it, like in lost it, lost the ball, or how many times he wasn't effective. Three goals from the run of play from Giovanni Del Santos, um, a couple of assists to, to talk about as well, but um, nothing that was mind-blowing numbers. So is Gio the guy, even if they get a striker, Kevin, do you think Gio can produce on this team? It depends on how motivated he is. Um, I, I think it's always been that way, and that's why he moves around so much. Um, he comes in, and he's fired up, and he's motivated, and then he loses interest. Uh, I think uh, if you were looking for positives, I think the the World Cup and trying to be informed for the World Cup, and I, I've heard some people ask whether both Dos Santos brothers are even on the team, and I, I think that they are right now. I think Jonathan Gonzalez may have something to say about uh, Jonathan Dos Santos's job, but I think it's enough that carrot is enough to motivate Gio through the first half of the season. We'll see what happens with the second half. If he doesn't make the World Cup team, he is going to sulk in a, you know, it's, it's going to be really ugly. Uh, and if he has a great World Cup, I think he's going to come back fired up. So if if you're a Galaxy fan, you should be cheering for the Mexican national team this summer, I think. Michael uh, writes in for our last question here. We're going to answer. Uh, Michael writes in and says, I am hoping the Galaxy don't deal Giassi Zardes, especially if they only bring in one forward. We need depth at that position, and I think he's a great option off the bench. Would you play Giassi Zardes off the bench if you couldn't move him, Kevin? Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, it, it well, it depends on on who you get. I mean, if the the way the roster stands right now, without an addition, no, he's 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 starting as a center forward, um, because he's better than anything else that you have, um, right now starting the season. So, and I think that he is going to get a little bit of a bounce out of this national team training camp, where by the way he's playing wide as a midfielder under under Dave Sarakin. But I, I think his confidence has been boosted off his bad season to get called in. I think that's going to help. With the team right now, yes, he would be my starter as a target uh, uh, center forward. If they get Kamara or they get Aguirre, um, uh, yeah, I mean, I think if uh, GRC was on my roster, I think he'd be one of the first options off the bench. It's difficult for me. You know, I think they've been trying to move him and haven't had much success. So if they get stuck with him, he's going to play off the bench. But you're going to have a guy who makes $522,000. Um, sitting on the bench, and I don't know if that's a great role for him. And to be honest with you, he doesn't have the greatest speed, so he's not sort of a game-changer when you can bring him on. He doesn't have the best ball control. He's a guy who always worked himself into good positions whenever he was uh, playing well um, and then was in the right place at the right time for finishing. So to me, he's not a sub guy. He is a guy who you need to give starting minutes to. He needs to find the rhythm. He needs to work his way in. So I would be, you know... Again, if you get if you get stuck with him, which is a possibility, I think for the Galaxy, um, nobody wanting to eat that contract and and taking that amount of money, uh, the five hundred twenty-two thousand um, dollars. If you get stuck with him, then you're looking at a, a, you know a, a possibility that Giassi's artist comes off the bench because Kevin gave you a perfectly good starting lineup. Uh, Giassi's artist isn't in it unless he's playing that striker role, and if they get a striker, he's not in it. He does not start. He comes in off the bench. Uh, maybe he's a backup in midfield. Maybe he's a backup at defender as well. Um, but for the most part, it, it looks like, um, you know, at least in my mind, that Giazzi's artist needs to go to greener pastures somewhere else. Um, Columbus may be that place. Um, you know, anywhere else may be that place. Anywhere but here may be that place for Giazzi's artist. I think he's uh, he needs a change of scenery, and he could be a really good striker again. And that doesn't mean the Galaxy will have made a mistake if they trade him away, Kevin. A lot of times, it takes the change in scenery for people to regain form. Look at Omar Gonzalez and what he was able to do going down to, uh, to Mexico because he was sort of flatlined here in Major League Soccer goes down to Mexico and and can play has played rather well. So, changing sceneries do matter. Well, you know, going back to the numbers thing though, uh, the Galaxy number seventeen now is worn by Sebastian Legette. That's uh, Chicharito's number in at West Ham. But you know what? Number fourteen is open. That's the number with the national team. It's all lining. It's, it's up, all coming gosh. together. Oh yeah. yeah, I can I can it's feel all it. All coming together. I can feel it. I will slap you next time I see you just for the <laughs> just for the ridiculousness of the Chicharito talk. All right, uh, Kevin. Anything else you want to talk about uh, in terms of LA Galaxy? Or are you good? You want to talk about Chicharito some more? No, I'm good. We're, oh. we're definitely look. Oh look! Oh look! The music started playing. <laughs> Kevin. All right. So if you're looking for Mr. Kevin Baxter on Twitter at kbaxter11. Of course, go on over to the L.A. Times where you can find all of his written articles. That's a great place to find all of his soccer coverage um, and whenever they force him to cover drag racing and hockey and everything else in between. So please go over to the L.A. Times and support Mr. Kevin Baxter. 
If you're looking for me on Twitter, at Jay Guessman, J-G-U-E-S-M-A-N, and of course, at Galaxy Podcast, where you can find uh, all of our uh, our show-related tweets. And then head on over to cornerofthegalaxy.com. Podcasts, news, uh, rumors, everything is right there. Head to our rumor tracker. You can be updated in the matter of one simple read of every move the LA Galaxy have made in the offseason. All right. Uh, a live show on Thursday coming up for you ahead of MLS Superdraft. For Mr. Kevin Baxter, I'm Josh Gessman. You've been listening to Corner of the Galaxy from the box on cornerofthegalaxy.com. Have a great one. You've been listening to the Corner of the Galaxy from the box podcast on cornerofthegalaxy.com. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Galaxy Podcast. And be sure to check out and subscribe to iTunes, Stitcher, and Facebook by searching for Corner of the Galaxy. And for all of your independent LA Galaxy news, discussion, and entertainment, including this podcast, head on over to cornerofthegalaxy.com. Fans, thanks for listening. We ask that you be kind and courteous to your neighbors as you leave the podcast. We thank you for joining us and look forward to seeing you again. Until then, I'm Michael Araujo, and on behalf of the entire Corner of the Galaxy crew, goodbye, everyone.